Welcome to the One New Man Network from Kirtlandry Ministries at House of David, where we learn about the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. The following is a replay of a previous service. What a sweet presence of the Lord here in the house. Let's give the Lord a hand clap and the worship team. Thank you so much. Thank you. And let's also, let's welcome all those that are joining us on the broadcast, the live streamers. Give them a warm welcome. God bless you from the nations. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. But I want to talk about walking into a new life. And some of you are watching and maybe some of you in the house, you're not born again or you're newly born again. And you want to be able to be successful walking in the spirit and walking with the Lord. Um, and this will probably be one of the most basic messages about how to do that successfully. But for those of you that have been saved a lot of years, I want you to listen to this with a real fresh set of ears and an open heart because promotion is coming in this season. And that promotion is going to take some real basic maintenance in your soul to get to that next level. If you'd look at your neighbor and say, I can do this. We're going to start in Psalms 119, 27 and 28. Psalms 119, 27 and 28. Make me understand the way of your precepts. The psalmist is saying, I need you to make me understand this. And why is the psalmist saying this? It says, so I shall, or so shall I meditate. He's making a choice. The psalmist is making a choice. I'm going to meditate on the word. But when I meditate on the word, I want to ask you to make me understand it. So why is he asking this? The psalmist is asking this because he is lacking understanding of the precepts. And all precepts are is a general rule intended to regulate behavior or thoughts. It's moral precepts. So another way you could say that the psalmist is saying this, I'm reading it, I'm hearing it, but it's not manifesting in my behavior. I'm not getting the takeaway I want. So it goes on to say, so shall I meditate on your wonderful works. Why is he meditating on the works? It's because his works are perfect. His works are magnificent. And man's works are, are very small in comparison. So he's saying that this way, if I may, if I understand your word and your ways and your precepts, then my work is going to look more like yours instead of looking like mine. So what is the psalmist saying? I need a change. I need a new beginning. I need things to be different in my life. And we know that because in verse 28, it says, my soul melts from heaviness. So he's, at it, he's kind of at the end of his rope. Strengthen me according to your word. So he understands, the psalmist understands that the only place he is going to get strength is from the word. But I want to add to this, if I may, strength in the word comes from understanding the word. The more you understand the word, the more revelation you have of the word, the more sure you are and the stronger the word gets and the more real it gets. And the most powerful thing to do is to have a victory winning testimony in the word. And then it starts building a personal resume in your mind that this works. And it's easier to obey things that you know work for you. Psalm 119, 29. Remove from me the way of lying and grant me your law of gracious, uh, graciously, your law graciously. So the psalmist is saying here, these are free will decisions. I'm asking you to make me understand 
And I'm asking you to remove all lying in my mind and in my mouth because it's getting me into trouble. And I know that you'll grant me your law graciously. I want to follow your ways. There is an acknowledgement with the psalmist saying, I understand that if I walk according to your precepts and instruction, I will have a much more peaceful, productive, prosperous life. I think in modern day Christianity, we're always looking for ways to water down the instruction of God instead of raising it up because literally when it is raised up in your life and you have more revelation and more understanding, you will have more power, more authority, more peace and health and everything will increase. Watering it down, all it does is slowly put you to sleep and eventually the enemy will get you. Psalm 119 and 30. I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments I have laid before me. So judgments is the whole word. The whole word and the word became flesh. The word is judgment because the word has authority in on the earth and on the earth and around the earth. And the word cannot lie. The word is the final authority in the universe. So anytime we go contrary to it, then judgment, if I can say it this way, people don't like that word judgment, then what it really is is cause and effect of getting out of sync with the truth. When you get out of sync with the truth, whether knowingly or unknowingly, you pay the price, not the truth. 31. I cling to your testimony, O Lord. Do not put me to shame. Isn't it common amongst all of us that we make a decree, we make a declaration, we write our success for the year, we make proclamations, we prophesy, and then the first thing that jumps us is shame is now that we've said it, what happens if it doesn't happen? And that pride raises up and we go, we we don't want to be put to shame. When you claim things, and a lot of times we claim things and they don't happen, it's just they're not happening according to our timetable. But they will happen. Or they're they're not happening in the understanding that we have of what God meant by the word. Because God's eternal. And his word is eternal. Do you you understand what I mean by that? His, His word, the things that he promises you on this life, if they don't manifest here, they will manifest in the next life. No one's going to heaven owing God anything. Verse 32, Psalm 119, 32. I will run the course of your commandments... And you shall enlarge my heart. Well, wouldn't it be better if, or seem more logical, I'm going to follow the commandments, which is the instruction. I'm going to meditate, follow the commandments. I'm asking you to make me understand. I'm asking you to remove all lying from my heart. But yet here... The psalmist is saying, if I follow the commandments and run that course, you're going to enlarge my heart. You would think that it would enlarge your brain. Because see, the issue with the word is not your brain, it's your heart. When your heart is pure, and when your heart is full of love love for God and love for God's people, you can more easily relate to God's word because your heart is lining up with his heart. Does that help you? See, when your heart is in unforgiveness or your heart is in bitterness and God is gracious talking about forgiveness and mercy and you're wanting revenge and judgment on your enemies, then that word isn't for you. But it's God's truth. 
And so that's why the psalmist says, I will run the course of your commandments for you shall enlarge my heart. So already we're at Psalms in Psalm 119. We've gone from verse 27, make me understand the way of your precepts. And that's in verse 27. And he's already getting the precept in verse 32. I will run the course of your commandments and you shall enlarge my heart. So what he's saying is, if I will obey the instruction and the commandments of God, my heart will naturally enlarge. And I can tell you this, the larger your heart, the more the Lord will give you in every area. Your heart determines what the Lord can trust you with. Psalm 133 through 35. The psalmist says, Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Verse 34. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart, Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. When you finally get to a place of maturity in your Christian walk, for me, the maturity happens when the instruction becomes a delight because your goal is to enlarge your heart, to be able to enter and interact with him in a more pure way. That's spiritual maturity. See, God is not going to enlarge your ministry or your business when it lacks compassion. Because God is looking for businesses and ministry that will overflow with compassion. Psalm 119.71 It is good for me that I have been afflicted that I may learn your statutes. We need grace to reconcile and take responsibility for the cause and effect of our bad choices and behavior. That's another sign of a new beginning. If we're going to walk in a new beginning, if you're not going to contaminate the new beginning with old issues, you're going to have to take responsibility for what contaminated the old life. And that means not blaming anybody else ever again. There has to be a place of responsibility and repentance and turning from that unforgiveness and turning it into being peaceful with God and peaceful with men. Is this helping anyone? These are absolute keys. If you take yesterday's unforgiveness into your new life, it will kill it within months. Psalm 119, 92. Unless the law had been my delight, I would then have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precept, for by them you have given me life. Doesn't this sound pretty old-fashioned and strange right now in this current society in which we live in, where everybody wants to be, quote, set free from all law and all instruction, even in the church, a major portion is that don't put me under the law. And isn't it interesting, everything I'm talking to you about is a new beginning because if you're going to have new beginning, please hear me, you're going to have new glory. And if you're going to have new glory, you're going to have new responsibilities. And that means you're going to be responsible for more resources, more people, and and more spiritual authority. 
And one of the reasons God does not promote people is because they perish for lack of knowledge of the instruction. God can only take you up spiritually to a level of authority that you understand. But yet the instruction, Bible study, and and actually getting a real handle on what the word says is being fought as if it's an enemy. And if somehow grace is the Christian's best friend, well, grace only flows through the law. The grace never flows through an outlaw. Grace is God's favor, unmerited, to get God's word accomplished in your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You do not have grace to go have an affair with your neighbor. Well, I had grace because I didn't get caught. That's not grace. Grace is God's unmerited favor to strengthen you and to help you to understand the instruction, not to steer away from it. Grace is not a replacement for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Psalm 119.94 I am yours, save me, for I have sought your precepts. We're getting ready to have a conference. It's the courts of heaven. I'm going to be teaching on covenant, the Hebrew covenants. It'll be the first time that Robert Henderson and myself, we've come together and I'm going to teach the covenants first and then he's going to apply it into the courts of heaven. Why is that so important? Because everything you speak out into the courts of heaven only has power not just in your faith, but in how much understanding you have of covenant. When you understand it is your biblical covenant right to take dominion and own what the scripture is saying, when you, when you understand it, then you can apply God's faith in his covenant with your faith and you get a double portion. Because God is not a man that he should lie. But he says, I am yours, a covenant statement. Save me, because nobody else can, for I have sought your precepts. I didn't fight the precepts. I sought after them. I was hungry for the word. As the deer panteth forth the water's brook, so my soul panteth after thee. I I have heavy concern in my heart over the next 10 years, if the Lord tarries, for the lukewarm church. Because you will not have enough word, precepts, instruction to be able to understand what's happening in the world. And that's why the Lord says, you're neither hot nor cold. What keeps you hot on God's trail is the fact that you are constantly hungering after more revelation in his word and his precepts. And not just for wisdom in your head, but that your heart would be enlarged. Now I'm going to switch gears here tonight. And I want to talk to you about applying this instruction into your life and doing it tonight, preparing you for this new beginning that is coming here in this next year to you. I believe we're in a global shift where the remnant inside the remnant is being empowered by God. And I would encourage you not to miss it. But if you're not willing to put the time in in the word and the devotion and the time in on the Lord, There's no reason for you to start because you won't make it. 
you're going to have to make a quality decision someplace and saying, I'm going to have to be expanding my word knowledge that expands my heart. My heart is like a tent. And in order to get everything under the tent so that I can understand what God is doing, I'm going to have to enlarge my heart with the revelation of his word. And, and the reason I know this is true is because we are in a revelatory revival right now. 1 John 5.14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, Yeshua, that if we ask anything according to what? His will. He hears us. You want to know one of the reasons people don't ask the Lord for things? Because they don't spend the time having the revelatory wisdom in their heart to know whether or not what they're asking for is really from God or not. Where the enemy counterfeits the Holy Spirit and counterfeits the voice of God is through soul ties that are not cut in iniquitous structures in family lines of past hurts, the enemy is a master in speaking in those areas to reproduce the same stumbling blocks from grandma to mom to daughter and down the line. That's why it's so important that you come to these conferences and you go into the courts of heaven And you cleanse your bloodline and your DNA all the way back to the garden. I'm teaching on all the covenants of God on Friday night. Starting in the garden. Because if you're going to take authority over what comes from the fall forward, you're going to have to understand that you have covenant rights in every season. And you need to apply those covenant rights. You need to come into the courts of heaven as a well-informed spiritual lawyer and put a demand in your bloodline to clean it up. Soul ties are unhealthy relationships with people, places, and things that becomes idolatry. You can have a soul tie with food. They call it comfort food. I'm just using it as an example because I want you to get a hold of this. It's comfort food. Some of you may have had, maybe it's you or your parents, but sometimes it's easier to look at your parents. You have parents that have that pattern where they fight and then they have a behavior that they always do when they make up. Well, dad will take my mom out to dinner. Or if the fight's really bad, dad will go and buy some jewelry. So the soul tie is if something's hurting, fix it with materialism. Now you may not be fighting with your spouse, but when things go wrong, you're always fixing things with things and you don't understand why it doesn't work but it's a soul tie because it's an iniquitous structure in the heart of your family DNA that says if something doesn't feel good go buy something else to fix it and God's not in God doesn't care what you have God cares what has you But if if you come out of that structure, you need to be aware of it and you need to break that assignment and allow the Lord to fill that gap of those emotional, soulish feelings. So instead of going, let's say, to the comfort food or the mink stole or the jewelry or the new car or whatever it is, the trip, whatever those things, those triggers, I'm not... Are you following me? I'm talking about the habit and pattern of this is how we do it in our family. When this goes wrong, we do this. 
And if you'll identify those things in your family line, and we all have them, and you break the soul tie with them, then you can say, instead of buying the fur coat, buying the mink stole, going on the trip, whatever it may be, how about we repent and pray together? How about breaking that cycle? And then after you repent and pray together, if you want to go to dinner, that's fine. But not relying on the thing, because what will happen is once you make covenant with buying things to pacify your soul, then the enemy will start speaking through things to get you away from God. And that's when you hear the stuff, well, God told me to do this. And it wasn't God. It was the soul tie. And some of these things become what we call Ishmael's and they become very high maintenance and they become very difficult, not in the beginning, but in the long term when it comes and God wants to launch you through a narrow gate, the next thing you know, you've got about five or six things that the Lord you thought, but they're soul ties. Are you hearing me? Because God is actually taking you up the mountain of the Lord in these fall feasts. We're going to base camp. And from now until Rosh Hashanah, he is showing you how to unload some of the soul tie things. But you're going to have to be honest with them and say, you know what? I birthed that. That wasn't God. I thought it was God, but I was mistaken. You need to test it in the spirit. See, if what you do to comfort your soul is the word of God, then you're not as easily tricked by the devil by using things. And when the comfort actually really manifests yourself, you'll find that the things aren't nearly as attractive. 1 John 5.14 Now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Verse 15 And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we will have the petition that we have asked him. That we've asked of him. So what's the key here? The key is, is it the Lord's will? Two things about the Lord's will. Number one, the first six or seven scriptures I talked about tonight. Understanding his word and his instruction. Because the Holy Spirit will speak through the word and the Holy Spirit will always confirm the word. The Holy Spirit never speaks outside the word. He's not always quoting scripture, but whatever he speaks to you will line up with the instruction. What are you saying, Rabbi? I'm saying this. If you don't don't understand the instruction, how can you test the word? 1 John 3.22 And whatever we ask, we receive from him. Why? Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Whatever you ask the Lord for, will not interfere with you keeping his commandments. I'm going to say that again. Whatever you ask the Lord for will not keep you from keeping his commandments. Whatever you ask the Lord for will not keep you from keeping his instruction. 
But the key is, is you have to seek the instruction. So that the Holy Spirit can give you a witness of why he's giving it to you. Matthew 5.17 Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. The new covenant encapsulates all the other covenants. It doesn't cancel them. It includes them. But we are not legalistically bound by them because the blood of Jesus has brought us liberty and that is grace. But we perish from lack of instruction. I, I think the, uh, the, one of the biggest walls... When I was first starting preaching, I, I had a lot of issues, like all new prophets preachers. And I was getting so frustrated preaching and people accusing me of putting them under the law that I went to the middle page of my Bible between the New and the Old Testament. And I was preaching, I don't recommend this for anybody. And I grabbed it and pulled it out of my Bible and I ripped it out and crunched it and put it on the ground, stamped on it. I said, I hate that page. I didn't know that it caused it to be unbound all the way through when I... (laughs) But I really do, I hate that page. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when you compartmentalize him in your mind, though that's the Old Testament, no, It's all the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. We need to be in love with God's Word from Genesis to Revelation. And we need not to have a middle wall of separation. That's why the blood of Jesus came, so that the Gentiles could actually understand the instruction. Why? Because my people perish from lack of understanding the instruction. You know, there's deeper levels. There's deeper levels of the word, not just what you read in it or the commentary says in the bottom of your favorite Bible. And those levels are the enlarged heart of God himself through the Holy Spirit that we get to tap into when we enlarge our heart. All these colleges and from yesteryear and seminaries, they'd be bringing out some real preachers. You very seldom see a real preacher coming out of any of them. Why? Because they're focused on their head, not their heart. They want to know something so that they can get position versus knowing somebody to get a condition of carrying that spirit everywhere you go. See, that spirit said, I must become less that he might become more. Well, that's not popular. But it sure is popular if you want power. The Lord does not change. Malachi 3 and 6, I am the Lord. I do not change. Therefore, O Jacob, you are not destroyed. 1 John 3.22 And this is the commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. So when you pray evil on your brother because that brother offended or hurt you God can't answer that prayer that's not his will his will is that you would love him as you love yourself 
But I can tell you this, Satan will jump all over that prayer. It's called witchcraft. And I don't know how many times I can count where someone will come up and you can just see the bitterness all over them. You don't even have to talk to them. You can, you can see that bitter root and they'll come up and God told me to tell this person this. And I'm thinking, Lord, I pray they never run into that person. That's why the scripture says in a bitter root defiles many. You have to forgive and love yourself because when you forgive and love yourself, then you can love your brother as yourself. The reason people hurt you is because you're not happy with yourself. And the reason you're not happy with yourself is because you can't believe you got this old and you know so little about the instruction of God. And it is harder as we get older to admit we really don't know what God is saying or doing. John fourteen twenty six. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you into remembrance of all things that I said to you. The Holy Spirit wants to dwell in you. But you can either allow bitterness, unforgiveness, criticalness, judgmentalness, all those choices. Every one of us have lived in those places at one time or another. But the Holy Spirit will not cohabitate with that. And the Holy Spirit's the teacher. And the reason so many times older Christians don't like new teaching, it's not new teaching, it's old teaching, but the reason they don't like it is because they can't understand it. And the reason they can't understand it is not because they're not smart, but their past bitterness is stopping the revelation from the Holy Spirit to give them the understanding they need. And they're too holy to admit it. They think because they pray in tongues and they go to church and they never miss that everything's okay. It's not okay. The Holy Spirit is here to comfort and teach and he'll do it if you ask. But the first thing he's going to ask is for you to unload the luggage. You cannot go into your new life with your old unforgiveness. John fifteen fifteen. No longer do I call you servant, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I call you friend. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. All things. I'd say we're a little bit behind the curve on what we know because Jesus said, I'll teach you all things. Could it be that we only want to have enough Bible and enough revelation and instruction just to get by? Could it be that we haven't pressed into the knowledge of God because we didn't realize it's how we enlarge our heart? God is after your heart. He's not after your brain. He knows if he gets your heart, your brain's following. He does care about your brain. He says, let this mind be in you. What is that? Translates out in the Greek. Let that attitude that I had, that love attitude that I had and the forgiveness and the servanthood attitude that I had, let that be in you as it was in me. But he wants you to know what's happening. He wants to release to you revelation. Biblical year 5779 is going to be a time of revelatory visitation. And it's going to become, it's going to come because you've had invested enough time 
loving on God and in his instruction to expand your heart large enough to hold the revelatory gift he wants to give you for your new beginning. Is this helping anyone? I mean, I'm, I'm calling it out as clear as I can because this is where the focus needs to be. Not just God's ways, but God's precepts, God's nature, God's testimony, God's word, God's covenant. Because the more you study God's word and the more you study God's covenant and the more you study God's testimony, you'll see patterns. And that's God. The patterns are God. And you'll see that he doesn't lie. You'll see the same patterns in Genesis than you'll see them in Matthew. You'll see the same patterns that you see in Daniel and you'll see them in Revelation. You'll see the same patterns in Malachi that you see in the book of Acts. And you'll realize that there's not much difference in the patterns. And once you get that download of the pattern, then every time you pick up the word, you see him. But you got to invest the time. Why is it so important? John 1, 14. And the word became flesh. And dwelt amongst us. We beheld his glory. The glory as the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. Full of grace. Grace in the Hebrew is chesed. When Christy and I were interviewing Rabbi Lau years ago, he said this to me, he said, Chesed is a seed sown and a seed received. He was speaking to us about the humanitarian aid the ministry does. He said, you're not just sowing, but you'll receive. He spoke a blessing. When you sow truth, you reap truth. That's why his psalmist said in Psalm 119, 29, remove from me the way of a lie. Because when you sow the lie, you're going to reap it. And a lie is anything that's not the truth. That's why the scripture says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And God says he hates all things. He hates a lying tongue. Why? Because your mouth is a seed machine. You live your lifestyle. You are living in what you have spoken, whether you know it or not. That's why there's no reason to blame somebody else. They didn't speak it. You spoke it, I spoke it, and now we live it. So what Rabbi Lau was saying, chesed is a seed. When you extend grace or mercy to someone, it's an opportunity for you to reap grace and mercy. When you sow kindness, you reap kindness. When you sow anger, you reap anger. When you sow money, you reap money. When you sow love, you reap love. So we want grace and truth. How do we get grace and truth? There's portals in your temple. You are the temple of the Most High God. That's why in medical terms, 
this is your temple. And your temple has holes in it, places of entry. Here, here, and here. And you have to understand that the instruction of God's word is very clear that you need to pay attention of what you see, hear, and say. Because whatever you see, you will eventually say, and then it will come and get you. Whether it's your healing or, or increased cash flow or something negative. Because you have what you say. So if Satan is trying to steal the words out of your heart because he does not want your heart to be enlarged because he knows that if your heart is enlarged, he can, you'll have more what? Not just compassion, but revelation to know what to do with what you see and what you hear. So Satan is on the assault to get you to hear things opposite to this. New beginnings. New life. Promotion. Walking into a new life. You're going to have to have a plan. You're going to have to identify what is in your family structure. What soul ties do you have that causes you to do things that cause you to self-destruct? See, a lot of people have fear of success. A lot of you come out of families that had traditions and understanding that somehow if you became very wealthy that there was something wrong with that. You can't trust rich people. Who knows what they did to get their money? And obviously they don't really understand because look at what they spend their money on. They buy a new car every year. Now I came out of this. My father that raised me had a tremendous poverty spirit and he was not happy, and I can say this because he's in heaven, and so was my aunt, but he couldn't stand his aunt, who was very wealthy. And he was constantly tearing her down. And after I got saved, I had to cleanse all that garbage out of my mind and my heart that God actually wanted to prosper you and add no, no sorrow to it. That it was good to prosper. That prospering was part of God's covenant. And I started meeting very wealthy people in the body of Christ that were extremely generous and were good people. And their identity wasn't in their things, their identity was in their Lord. And they didn't overdo it and they weren't constantly doing it by... You know, the bumper stickers and the different things. They, you could just see it in their heart that these people were the real deal. And I was blessed to experience some of that and it helped me. But to this day, I know that I had 18 years of my life where all that false doctrine was being spoken out and, and I heard it. I didn't agree with it. When I was 19 years old, I made more money than my father made when I, my first job when I left home. But it was an attitude. And God wants to prosper you. But you need to understand, you need to identify where are these thoughts coming from and come out of agreement with them and get delivered from them. And the first thing you need to understand, they're not you speaking. You didn't cause it. You inherited them. And you need to tell them to shut up. 
They need to quit influencing who you are. And that's why the Lord says that you need to seek him because the more you seek him and the more you hear the word, I am the blessed of the Lord. I am the healed of the Lord. God so loved the world, he gave his only son for me. His blood expunged all my sins. But very seldom do people get saved in, a, in an evangelistic outreach and then immediately are they told, you know what, you need to get a, a, a life of discipleship and, and you need to understand God's precepts. And we're going to start by teaching you God's foundational laws because everything Jesus stands for is rooted and grounded in the old. There's 1,500 references in the new to the old. And if you don't understand the old covenants, then it's very difficult to appreciate the new covenant. You can understand it, but it pretty much stops at salvation. Even though Jesus said, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and to destroy all the works of the enemy, that came from the covenant in the garden when God gave man dominion. Jesus just said, I didn't come to cancel the dominion. I'm giving it to you. But when you understand that they went to the tree of knowledge and lost dominion, you can go to the tree of life, the cross, and re- regain the dominion. But it's harder when you don't understand, well, does he really, Lord, is it your will that I become powerful and wealthy and actually change this world? Yes! Well, I thought I was supposed to be humble and broke. No. Humble, yes, not broke. Has this helped anyone tonight? I'm going to ask the worship team if you would come up and I need you to stand, please, if you would. I'm not going to have an altar call tonight. But this is between you and the Lord. If you'd put my first Psalms 119.27 up, please. Verse 28 says, My soul melts from heaviness. And the key here is to strengthen me according to your word. And the reality of it is, is that you know it and God knows it, that the reason you're melting and the reason you're in the trouble you're in is because you have tried to fix your own problems with your mind instead of being focused on enlarging your heart with his word. That should be sending conviction, not condemnation, through these airways. See, we pray, Lord, Lord, help me, save me, and the Lord's helping you and saving you right now. He's he's telling you what your problem is. Your problem is you tried to do this in your head instead of your heart. And I've done everything I can. The Lord says, I've done everything I can to try to get you to understand that you're perishing from lack of knowledge. I've whispered to you through my Holy Spirit that you're to spend more time in the word. And you've looked every place else but to me. So with every head bowed, if you would. If this prayer is for you, you just need to speak it out. And that's verse 27. Make me understand the way of your precepts. 
He's going to do it. The Lord is my shepherd. Say, Lord, you're my shepherd. And I shall not want. But he maketh me. Understand. His ways and his precepts. So, Lord, I shall meditate on your wonderful works. And, Lord, your your ways work. And my ways are wearing me out. Holy Spirit, come with fire right now and cleanse me from all iniquitous structures in my family line all the way back to the garden. Lord, let your precepts, your rules and your regulations control my behavior and my thoughts. Remove from me, Lord, the way of a lying tongue and grant me graciousness to understand your law. Lord, tonight in this court, I choose the way of truth. Your judgments I have laid before me and I choose to cling to your testimony. And do not put me to shame, O Lord. Lord, I need you to finish the course of my life. And I need to understand your commandments. And Lord, forgive me for not understanding that you shall enlarge my heart I give my heart to you. And I ask, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. And take not away your Holy Spirit. Lord, I renew my commitment and my covenant with you. I am your friend. I will follow your ways. I am yours. Save me. For I make a decree. I will seek your precepts. Not for knowledge's sake. Not for gain. But that I might have a pure heart. Lord, I decree. I will seek you with all my heart and you will heal me and I will be saved. Thank you, Lord. I will walk into a new life with new beginnings. In Yeshua's name, I seal it. Amen. Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You may be seated just for a moment. At this time, you can get your offerings ready, your tithes and your offerings. How many got touched to the Lord tonight? Does this help you? If you can make this turn, go into God's Word and say, Lord... Show me your nature. Show me your wisdom, your understanding. Enlarge my heart so that I might know you better. If you start spending time in the word like that, instead of seeking just for answers, but seeking to know him, it will change the way you fellowship with God in your life. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to go out and praise. Let's let Maria lead us in a song.
Thank you for listening to this message from the One New Man Network. For more information, please visit us at theonenewman.com.